This is a great time to be alive if you want to have an impact on the world and make a difference. And we're learning about this all the time, and we're all counting on pretty much one word. Forbes magazine in 2018 said that $86.7 billion was spent on leadership development, on leadership training programs. Our most revered institutions are devoted to this. Harvard Law School says that in its mission statement, it is devoted to training leaders in the legal profession. Not lawyers, but leaders that are there. Harvard Medical School says that they exist in order to create a nurturing community of leaders in the health profession, not doctors. Harvard Divinity School, I'm not making this up, says that they exist in order to help men and women serve as leaders in a religious context. Harvard School of Education says that they exist to prepare leaders, not teachers, leaders in education. Now, lest Yale be left behind in this, Yale University has a leadership institute, a woman's leadership initiative, a global health leadership initiative, chief executive leadership institute, and an MBA in leadership of healthcare. Dartmouth says that the reason that they exist is to create lifelong learners and leaders. University of Virginia, Georgetown, I can't begin. There's hardly an organization, uh, educational university, college that doesn't have some kind of a center or institute to develop leadership. Uh, Lead America says that they are the leading organization to help high school and middle school students learn to become leaders. There's a girls leadership initiative. There are periodicals like the Leadership Quarterly, Journal of Leadership and Organizational Studies, Leadership, which is a British periodical. And in the church world, there actually is a periodical called the Leadership Journal, which I happened for a time to be an editor at large of. If you Google leadership skills for children, you will get 165 million entries in 0.55 seconds. And there are books that are being written that have been published with titles like How to Raise a Leader. This is for children. Leadership for Kids. I am a leader. From Sesame Street to Wall Street. Actually, that one I made up. I don't think anybody's written it yet. But if they did, they would probably make a whole lot of money. And you have the same kind of thing in the church world. Uh, 45 million resources come up in less than half a second if you Google church leadership resources. And they tend to look quite a lot like secular leadership resources. Barbara Kellerman has written a book called The End of Leadership. She's at Harvard Business School. And she refers to what she calls the leadership industry. There are uh, more programs, centers, institutes, classes, seminars, blogs, conferences, retreats, webinars, TED Talks, consultants, coaches who can guide you into leadership than ever before. She said in 1980, there were three books published on leadership. By the end of that decade, it was 23 in a year. Now, way too many resources to be able to count. So what all of this means is, at least we got one thing going for us. As messed up as our world is, as troubled as it is, as many problems as we have from um, places all around the globe, at least we have great leaders in place. At least, thanks to untold billions of dollars being spent on developing them, every government, every office, every political position 
every educational university, every church, every family has a great leader in the spot where they're needed. Our leaders have never been so effective, so sharp, so healthy, so happy, so well-educated, so well-prepared, so well-trusted, right? Well, strangely enough, not so much. Turns out that back in the 1950s and 60s, when people were asked, can you trust the federal government to do the right thing? About 70% of us said yes. By 2011, it was 15%. About that same time, 77% of all Americans said that we are in a leadership crisis. And in the corporate front, it's actually worse. Barbara Kellerman says that only 7% of employees said that they could trust their employers, leaders, and managers. And all of this, of course, raises the question, where can you go to find a leader? What does it mean to be a leader? Is everybody a leader? How do we know? There's uh, 1,500 different definitions of leadership in the leadership industry, 40 different theories. When I first went to a leadership seminar, there was a poster that had a bunch, a team of sled dogs on it, and it said, uh, if you ain't the lead dog, the scenery never changes. In other words, the definition of a leader there is someone who can get all the other dogs to look at the rear ends of other dogs so that the leader can enjoy a really nice view. It's a funny thing. If you were to ask the question, uh, forget about definition, that's above my pay grade. I don't know how you define a leader, but if you were to ask, what program, what movement has had the biggest impact on personal development, on human being development, on the change of life, on catalyzing or stimulating human beings to grow, to change, to become better in their relationships, to recover from addictions, to sacrifice, to be generous? Hands down, whatever you think about this movement, it would be one day when a carpenter in Nazareth closed up his shop and became a rabbi and went from one person to another and offered a single opportunity, follow me. Very interesting. He was deliberately looking for followers. It's very strange. We live in a world where everybody wants to be a leader and nobody wants to be a follower. Jesus asked everybody to become a follower and didn't ask anybody to become a leader. I believe that there is a great need in our day to redefine that word follower. I think one of the problems is we have all kinds of stereotypes in our mind about leaders being strong and healthy and courageous and followers being docile and compliant. And that is not at all what Jesus had in mind when he offered people the opportunity to follow him. This is from George MacDonald, uh, one of his sermons. He writes about how when Jesus asks us to follow him, you know, we learn by following. Uh, when we're born into this world, the way that we become able to walk and talk and dress ourselves is that we follow the example of somebody else. We must follow first before we were able to initiate, before we were able to lead. And the kingdom is built on following. Here's what George MacDonald writes. At the same moment Jesus says, follow me, he is following the Father. His face is set homework, homeward. He will have us follow him because he is bent 
on the will of his Father. And by the way, Jesus, as a follower of his Father, is a person of fierce will. He is all for the Father, McDonald says. We must be all for the Father too. Otherwise, we are not following Him. To follow Him is to be learning of Him, to think His thoughts, to use His judgments, to see things as He sees them, to feel things as He feels them, to be of the same heart, soul, and mind as He is, so that we also may be of the same mind with the Father. That is what it is to deny self and to follow Him. I don't know what a leader is, But I know what a follower is, if you take a look at it based on the New Testament, it is a fiercely committed, question-asking, mistake-making, risk-taking, growth-loving student, particularly student of Jesus, who is marked by peculiar persistence. That's a follower. And we are going to reclaim and redefine and redeem and recapture the grand adventure of being a follower. Two last thoughts. If you want to make a commitment to be a follower of Jesus, um, I was on a walk uh, in the woods with one of my kids when they were quite young, and they really wanted to lead the way. But I kept getting out in front of them, and finally they just said, Dad, if you're going to follow me, you got to stay behind me. And that's kind of followership 101. We all will follow someone. We all we follow causes we follow values, we follow our heart's devotions, um, to think that followership and leadership, as we often talk about it, are contrasted or opposites or two different groups is a badly misguided notion. If you're going to follow Jesus, you got to be behind him. you got to move at his pace. You have to listen to what he says, and uh, you have to do what he does. So today, today, as we're beginning this journey to follow and and we'll kind of deconstruct leadership along the way, there's an awful lot of toxic, ego, narcissistic stuff going around on the leadership front. Jesus had a lot to say to that. Nobody ever understood this stuff like Jesus did. Uh, Today, if you want to follow Jesus, just do one thing because Jesus said to do it. You don't have to spend time asking yourself, do I believe? How much do I believe? Just ask, did I do a single thing because he said to do it? Or did I abstain from anything because he said to abstain from it? Have I made a commitment today? I will not judge. And then I see, or I will forgive someone. I will do something kind to a person where I have been feeling hostile towards them. Have you given a moment of time or any of your money or possessions or skill in the service of somebody that asked you? or spoken words of love to somebody simply because Jesus would want you to do it. Today, do one thing, because Jesus said to do it. Try following. And next time, we're going to talk about why you were created. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.